Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Roll for Enterprise. Uh, the squishy heart at the center of IT, as some of some people like to call us. Uh, this week, again, it's just uh, myself, Mike, and Zach here. Uh, Lilac is enjoying some time off, and uh, Dominic is uh, celebrating some milestones out in uh, out in Italy. So uh, just me and you uh, holding the fort this week, Zach. How how you feel about that? Oh, you know, I feel good about that. I mean, do we need anyone else? We're doing pretty good, right? I, I think we got a lot to talk about. We're surviving. We're surviving. But I'm excited to have them back next week. I'm, I'm excited to have them back. Yeah, yeah. Well... Look, I mean, if they come back, it seems like everybody's quitting their jobs right now, right? I mean, we're in the middle of this this great resignation. What do you think about that? Oh man, this is it. It, it continues, right? I think. Um, I mean, first of all, seeing everybody kind of changing job, I, I think you know people feel. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but some people feel disgruntled with their employers, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, right? I think they just want change, and they're looking for change now. I think, you know, people are starting to realize that uh, the change from COVID was temporary and things are starting to wind back, but maybe they're not, right? So, yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Well, now HR departments are being put to the test. You know, how have you been treating your employees the last few years? You know, socially, where have your stances been? Uh, during the uh, the pandemic and the beginning of the pandemic, you know, some uh, some employers weren't so kind to their employees and, you know, cut bonuses and, and cut things like, you know, uh, services for their employees, right? Is that going to catch up to them? You know, I don't know. But one thing is certain is it is catching up to, to somebody. 41% of workers are considering quitting or changing their professions this year. In April alone in the U.S., 4 million people resigned, quit their jobs. And they say 38% of those surveyed plan to quit in the next six months to a year. Wow. You know, and I think it's it's multiple things, right? I mean, you know, I think companies need to wake up to to a few things. I, I saw these interesting uh, posts on, on Twitter where people are saying, you know, if you think of like inflation being at 6%, you know, your 2 to 3% increase per year is actually a pay cut. And I think people are realizing that and the way to get their, their money is to, to change job and, and some people are doing it, right? So I think that's one factor. Um, yeah, and the second one, I think people are are changing jobs for lighter jobs, I want to say. You know, there's a few people now that I've spoken to who have like changed jobs and they're like, oh, this is great. You know, I have so much free time on my hands. And but is that is that really feasible long term? Like, I don't know that these people will will have like, um, you know, work panda. I mean, if, if times get hard, I think it'll turn on them. Right. So I'm not always so convinced about it. But you're right. There's there's a big realignment happening here. Right. You know. You say that, but Generation Z is, is running a lot of this, and they think differently than us. We're, you know, we're, yeah, okay. I mean, whatever you want to call us, where we fall in, we're all different ages. But they, you know, I, I we're think we're dinosaurs. That, we're dinosaurs. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm no dinosaur. <laughs> well, maybe I am. I remember Fred Flintstone, right? He hung out with the dinosaurs. He worked with them, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're Gen Xers. Let's let's put it uh, this yeah, way yeah, so yeah, that yeah. everybody understands where we're where That's we right. stand. You know, I always say there are three things that fundamentally drive everybody from a, a professional career. And if you boil it down, it's it's money, it's um, accolades, attaboys, whatever you want to call that. That's number two. And and the third thing or third thing is is titles. Um, but I may be wrong, right? There might be a fourth one in there. I need to stop saying that because. This fourth one is quality of life. Uh, maybe there's a fourth one in there that that balances things out. Um, and pr- prior to me saying that, if you would ask me two years ago, I'd say it's those three. And then this Generation Z and these, this young generation, 
they're, they were never really about money. I always, you know, talk to them. They're, it's really about title mostly than anything, right? Just, just you know, maybe, and I always couldn't figure it out, but maybe it's been that fourth thing, right, Mike? Now they're, they're starting to focus on it. And kudos to them. I mean, kudos to them. They say that, and we'll put this in the show notes, Gallup says that replacing workers requires one and a half to two times their annual salary. It's not that easy to replace workers, especially right now when, when people are competing. Human capital is, is a premium. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, there's a lot of um, companies and recruiters starting to increase those bonuses to fill those positions because they can't fill those positions. And I think, you know, this is so cyclical, right? Or, or so like it's a closed loop system. I mean, if you can't find somebody to take a job, then you're going to start offering more and more money. You're going to start poking bears like, hey, we have this job here for people. And, and, and next thing you know, you might have so much money on the line that someone who's overqualified applies for it. And and it starts this vicious circle because then somebody leaves one job and somebody's got to backfill that job. And so it, it is like labor constraint, like there's not enough people for the jobs that are open. I think that is also very clear in this market. And that's probably driving a lot of this too, right? And yeah, quality of life, <clears throat> I think for the first time, companies are willing to, to concede quite a few um, quite a few perks to employees, even traditional uh, you know, brick and mortar companies that uh, that are not like born in the digital age. Yeah, and, and employees, they're not engaging like these, right? It's how do you engage them when they're remote? And you have to think outside the box. And, you know, I see this in, in a lot of, um, I shouldn't say a lot. I, I see this in some organizations, especially the ones that I wouldn't call them dinosaurs. And they've been around a little while. You know, they're trying to run the show with people that are closer to retirement that can't relate to this young generation. I see it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, Gotta be careful what I say here, right? But um, you know, I mean, I see it from some empl- some employers, right? It's look, you know, we're gonna use this playbook from 1984. You know, hey, I, I, you know, I did something 10 years ago, and we're gonna do it here, and it's gonna be effective. It isn't. Throw that playbook out the window, and get with the HR department. And you see it in these companies, right? They, you know, um, where I work, they give us some of these health days. You know, Friday. You know, maybe once every couple months, you get a Friday off. Uh, you know, where my wife works, I think there's, uh, I forget what it is, every Friday at 11 o'clock they're off. Right. So there's all these things that, that people are doing, but I also think we have to start evaluating who's in charge and do they get it? Do they really get it? Impl- you know, the, the switch has happened. I, mean, I think you see the Silicon Valley companies, right? The big, um, the apples, the Googles, the Facebooks, their employees are starting to drive a lot of, uh, a lot of the things they do because they're, they're rebelling. Um, good or bad, I, I don't know that it's necessarily good, right? I mean, I, I don't know that the direction should be decided by, by employees 100%. And and I know I'll, I'll get flack for that and people don't agree with it. But I mean, there, there's a point where a company has a mission. I, and, and Gen Z, I think the, the strange thing is, you know, a lot of them are picking up jobs because they believe in the common mission. So, and, and this is why I think you see like this, this, like, Let's face it. I don't think there were that many startups when we were we, we were getting going in our careers. I think now there's so many startups all looking for really young talent all the time. So it's a bit different, right? So a lot of people don't want to go to a big company where there was an allure like when when we were starting out to go work for a big company and and get that big company job. But people don't look at that the same way anymore. I think it's. Do you remember? It's probably been well, five, six, seven years ago. Carlos Sims and and I think even. Even Richard Branson, we're talking about this three-day work week, and you and I would talk about that. And yep, yep. everybody said, "Oh, no way! You're crazy! Never!" You know, and 
And I remember us speaking about this. We were talking about how it, it brings in, it ushers in this new recreational economy and this this whole new world and, and also keeping workers longer. We need to tap into this knowledge base beyond the retirement age. So so how do we keep people in the workforce uh, longer? And how do we, you know, you know, change the way we're doing things? And and really, you know, there's they're obviously very bright, they're very successful, and, and they're kind of thought leaders, they're kind of ahead of it. Now, people might you know, kick back and please put notes, uh, you know, make comments or whatever. But I think there's a lot of truth to that. I w- I'll say this real quick. I was at a Christmas uh, party with some friends. It's probably been five, six years ago, Mike. And this topic came up, you know, hey, my kid just sits at home and he just plays video games and he doesn't have the work ethic I have. And I was out there at his age working 60 hours a week. And I said, you know what? I don't want my kids working 60 hours a week. I, I don't want them you know, going what I going through what I had to go through. I'm okay with that because I think the world will be different for him. And sure enough, I mean, who knew it would take a pandemic? But Mike, here we are. Yep. I thought your story was going to end with the kid became a Twitch streamer and makes 250000 a month. But that I guess that didn't happen. But it could. It could, you know. That's the crazy part in this world. It could, you know. It could. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's upside down. I, you know, and, and I think everybody at that point or, or one of the arguments was that the only company who will start a four day work week or the first one and then everybody will follow is Google because they can do it. And they're already kind of this loosey goosey culture. Right. So but I actually don't think that'll happen. I actually think that what will what will truly happen is that the hours of work will shift. I think, you know, for a lot of people, eight to five is dead. And I think there's still a lot of traditional companies that still do eight to five or have, let's say, core meeting hours where you can schedule a meeting. But I think work stays on all the time. And because of that, I think there's going to start to be a lot of flexibility in people's work and people won't feel guilty about running an errand halfway through the day or, or, or later on. So, yeah, it's it's different, right? I, I think the work-life balance, the the way we work is is changing completely and and it has to right it has to all right so it's it's different for us and it's different for generation z and what i mean by that is i think they're embracing this but i think there are some peers that fall into the camp and i say because i think i fall into this you almost feel guilty not working eight to eight at least <laughs> i mean let's be honest right yeah. you almost feel like whoa i really can't run that errand and we have to overcome that. This is ridiculous. I mean, you know, I've, you know, this pandemic, I've had challenges myself where I felt burnt out, where I felt like, oh, you know, I, I, I need this break. And you feel guilty taking a two week vacation or you feel good, you know, unless you're unless you're Dominic and you work in Europe, then it's OK. You take a month. But, you know, you feel, I say that jokingly, Dominic, we want you back soon. And, you know, <laughs> but think about it. It's all the perception is through the lens of the beholder. So, you know, Mike, are we we struggle with that? But do they? I mean, I, I hope they don't. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, but I, I think it was, I mean, I think when we started our careers, people would complain about us, right? So, you know, I, I started at IBM and I, I still remember this. We used to have these flex hours, right? So you could like flex your your time, your start by an hour and a half. Now we roll into the office at 930 and roll out at 630. And I'm telling you, like, you know, that that end of the day was so productive because, you know, most of the people I worked with would come in early and, and maybe leave a little early, but it was so productive. But there was so much disdain on people. People like, oh, here's this young kid. He rolls in here at 930. What does he have? He's probably going out partying every night. Yeah, okay. You know, you do what you have to do. And I think the world has changed. And now you don't question those people anymore, right? But I think there was a point where everybody was 
was questioning that. And I think the way it's changed with this work from home is the same way. I mean, there are some people, older generation, that can't stand the work from home. They think people aren't working at home, not, not achieving what they need to achieve. But you know what? We keep progressing. Everybody keeps progressing. So it's, I don't know that it's a right argument. I think you need to take, you need to look at it in, in one way or another. But yeah. So when do all the resignations end? Like, when does it stop? What What has to give for for all the reports we read about all the jobs, about all this, when does that end? Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, maybe this is a separate question before we get there. Maybe it's related. But how does this change the dynamic of the workplace? Sales jobs, uh, where do they fit in here? Um, you know, you know, engineering jobs. I mean, how does this change? You know, this pandemic isn't going away. Um, we need to figure out how to work from home more efficiently. I think people thought it was gone, you know, a few months ago. And it's not. It's here to stay. So is the dynamic of, of course, this is a tech podcast, but, you know, let's just call it enterprise technology roles or just roles in general. I think they're changing, right? So how does that change with all this? I don't know. I think the core roles of IT don't change, right? I think it gets harder to manage the technology, that part of it, right? Because you got such a remote workforce. Uh, and I think the tools will change because of that, that we need to empower the employees, on the sales side and all these other ancillary jobs, yeah, okay, everybody knows like salespeople are kind of, um, oh man, I shouldn't shouldn't say it too bad, right? But um, yeah, I mean they're not so so structured in in what they do. Maybe you don't need as many salespeople. Maybe that changes. I mean, hell, if if the salespeople and marketing people stop contacting me, I ain't gonna feel bad, right? Um, you know, already all these people sending me calendar invites for no reason are, are frustrating me. But okay, that's that's one thing. So I, I think it will change, but how we adopt to it will, you know, it is important. Um, yeah, and I, I guess some people are changing tool sets because of it. We see new products coming to market because of it, right? Yeah, I, I, look, people aren't machines. I think, you know, everybody's got to think through this, right? Um, I think people were thinking we'd get to this, you know, phase three of AI sooner than later, which we're still a ways off from, from, you know, robots and yeah, Boston dynamics, they got some cool videos or some cool things out there, but that's not coming overnight. And so I think people jumped a little too quickly on, on that aspect. So I think a lot of the roles and this, this is probably outside of it, right? Mike, I mean, I'm talking, you know, it could be road construction, could be some other, you know, I, I would, I would stop you there a little because I think there are companies, there are companies who are seriously investing in automation software, maybe RPA or type of RPA software to automate instead of hiring more people. And I think the consultants who work in that area are, are starting to make uh, quite a bit of coin because of, of the demand, right? So now you've gone out, you, you know, and this is a company, like there are companies that would never think of automation, never think of RPA, but they're there because they can't hire people. They can't get the people. So now they're like, you know what? I need like a virtual robot to do work. And this is where consultants are coming in and just automating the crap out of everything or building uh, certain RPA functions to do peop what people would do. And then one person sitting there looking at, you know, the challenges of all these kind of robots who are doing this virtual work online can stop and take the anomalies or, or the things that really a true human needs to needs to look at. So you get, you know, 10 times the work out of one employee because there's, um, you know, process automation behind it supporting their job. I, that I see a lot of. And I think, you know, we're going to be surprised with the amount spent in this area within the next one to two years because they can't find people. And people have moved on. They don't. They don't even want to do the work. I think that that's the that's the truth of it. 
Well, yeah, they definitely don't want to do the work. Um, I don't know. I don't agree with you on that somewhat. I, I, I do to a degree. I mean, you're talking a lot about AI and, and doing things, right? Go into a, uh, I don't know, a, a fast food place and I want to order, I want to, you know, those, those type of roles. But, uh, you know, like I said, some of the roles that require, you know, manual labor that people don't want to do, right. It could be some construction roles. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. hard on a body. I mean, after, you know, 20 years, your body's aged to 60 years, right. Or whatever else it might be. Right. Um, you know, it's, but but I think it's happening in like the sales support functions, the marketing support functions, the like a lot of the support functions that are very uh, kind of process driven finance. It, it's it's happening a lot. I think the place where the challenge is, is the creative roles. And we don't have everybody's not a creative person. That's, you know, that's clear. I, I don't think we'll be able to to do the same to the creative people, which is why think there's a premium being placed on on some of these creative roles lately yeah i agree with you right i mean the creative roles has always been something that's going to be tough to 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 replace right and then empathy right where you need empathy uh are you a nurse are you giving are you you know in the medical profession right where you have to give that unfortunate news perhaps to you know to a family member things like that i i definitely agree there but i i think we're still far away from some of these things and I, I guess my point is everybody thought we would jump in soon and my job would be replaced by these robots and all this other stuff. And and we're just not there yet. I mean, and you know, Elon Musk is talking a good game about, you know, robots in his factory, you know, in his plant and all that. But, uh, I, you know, it brings up a whole other discussion at that point. Right. Let's go back to the three day work week. Let's go back to recreational economy. It brings up a whole yeah. other realm of things we need to talk about and explore. But one thing is certain that dynamics of the workplace are changing. And for all the VPs and SVPs and executives, throw out your playbook from 10, 15 years ago from your MBA programs or whatever. And I see some that are out there talking about stuff they wrote, you know, 10 years ago on sales. Oh, this is what I wrote. Throw it all out the window. It's useless, right? And get with the game and make sure you hire some team, your team in HR and your your, your people-facing team and your organization and yourself and start to think differently or your organization is going to be in trouble. Because it used to be, I think, 10, 15 years ago, Right. Yeah, you could do that stuff. You had these playbooks on how to grow your business and succeed and, and get market share. Well, that has changed drastically. So I think, you know, and quickly. That's the thing, Mike. I think we pivoted so quickly that people are that talking people about don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, and I think now you see these crazy things popping up, right? Like, so, so one thing's clear. Like, if you can't find people, you start to expand your radius of search. And eventually, jobs become like global jobs. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of global companies are... Um, advertising jobs on LinkedIn that are like anywhere. In other words, international. I don't even care that you're in the same time zone. I'll hire the best person no matter where in the world. And then you have like, I don't know if you saw this Facebook announcement this week about this like, you know, their Oculus kind of metaverse where we could get around the table and all meet face to face. I mean, honestly, this seems like really kind of messed up to me, like dystopian almost. But I could see being forced into one of these rooms, right? I could see like, hey, I work on an... I, I work for an international company. Everybody's all around the world. Let's do this, you know. And and then you're you're like, you know, maybe it feels weird to us as Gen Xers, but maybe it won't to to the younger generation. And is Facebook really onto something that we're not? Like, and, and I think about that all the time, right? Because it's it's like, am I going to be forced into like a virtual conference room, sitting at a table next to my peers, all virtually, you know? You know, I I don't know, but. Are they onto something, or are they approaching this all wrong? They, they have they sit not they're sitting on a lot of cash, and they're not spending it on M and A. We're not big M and A, right? So I, I think of I think of Zoom and their five nine acquisition and, and what they're doing to 
support this, you know, work from home. And whereas Facebook is probably taking this into more of a, you know, metaverse and avatar. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how is Zoom, I think Zoom might be adapting to this well. What are your thoughts on that? That that is the the Zoom acquisition of Five Nine is is like super interesting for the simple reason that everybody expected Zoom to become more like Slack and Teams, right? Uh, Slack maybe was the gold standard once upon a time, but I think to companies, Teams is the gold standard now. So everybody expected Zoom to morph into a Teams. And then they go out and they're like, they bought a contact center. First ever acquisition they did, I think, and they buy a contact center. And it's like, okay, so these are the guys. I mean, when when we went in March into COVID lockdown, I mean, Zoom was the company. Everybody went on Zoom. There was like zero friction to join a conference. Video, it just worked. I mean, Generation they made it work. Right? Generation Z, Zoomers. Yeah. So it 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 all worked, right? And now they're saying like, and if you think about it, so they're the ones, they're the official, like if people think of like remote work and anything like companies that started during COVID or, or took off during COVID, we should say, it was Zoom. And now they're going into contact center. So they're going to enable like a truly remote contact center, which I think a lot of people have been doing. Mm, has it been great? Maybe not. Maybe yes. So them going into that, that's a strong signal, right? And and they must have data to support like, hey, this is what a lot of our users are using. We see this as a growth area. I mean, and it wasn't cheap. Eh? They paid $14.7 billion for 5.9. I mean, it's pretty that's, bold. That's nothing, it's pretty Mike, bold. Is that really big nowadays? Are these valuations? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't that's... know. You know, with, with inflation, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's really an $8, 9000000000 billion acquisition. But it was... It was smart, and it makes you wonder where companies like Cisco why they why they haven't done something similar. I mean, their contact center business. I mean, they've made an acquisition was at Broadsoft a few years ago, but I don't think that's gone well, and, and they're taking it on the chin right now. And where are they at? I mean, spend the money. That's what I I'm trying to say is yeah, Facebook. You didn't you not make the acquisition. You have to I think spend some of this capital and go big and and to make it. And and Zoom did it. And yeah, I mean, and then Mike, I mean. Also working from home. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on gaming? We didn't talk about that, but there's, you know, Netflix is now jumping in here and, and they're going to have some console games soon. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you said the recreation economy. I think if people work from home, they'll have more free time and they're just trying to capture some of that. I don't think gaming has, maybe gaming had a bit of a negative connotation years ago. I don't think it's that negative these days anymore, right? And I mean, look at the products we've, make employees use. I mean, we're kind of gamifying everything at, in some respects. So yeah, I think these companies moving into gaming, it's just another stream for them. And I mean, let's face it, there's, I mean, you've also seen Netflix has released some of these shows and movies where it's like choose your own adventure type deal as you go through the screens. So, you know, is the whole way we absorb and take content going to change and gaming be part of it and more immersive and yeah, I, I think it's just a step in the right direction. They got to be there, um, but yeah, they'll, they'll, people will use it. I mean, hell, I'll I'll try it. You know, it's it's definitely interesting. It's Netflix. It's it's everybody that's getting into this world. And I think you know soon we'll see Hulu and, and Disney and everyone else starting to uh, to get into this world. So uh, my, Microsoft and, doesn't seem so crazy I, for starting. I a was going to just say that you took the words out of my mouth. Again, who's the winner here? Who wins here, right? There you go, Microsoft. Yet again, they're in every aspect of, of where everyone wants to be. They're in all of them. 
And and everybody called it like at the time the war for the living room, right? So there's going to be a console, there's going to be a streaming box, maybe everything like like Kate, like people are cutting the cord and all this, but the living room's becoming a bit the office and the office is becoming a living room like it's all merging into like your your home space, right? So uh, they're ahead of the curve like That's uh, brilliant. I, I think I'm going to use that in the show notes. The the battle for the living room. I, I like that. When I when I was growing up, it was the battle for the remote, but it wasn't much of a battle. It was my dad's remote, and I got it for him when he asked for it. So, the battle for the living room. Now you steal the remote with your phone because you're you're on Apple TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Terrible. Um, wow. Well, this is. Uh, I know this is probably been a lightning round. I I know we're. Um, you know, we we covered some great topics here. I personally would love to have some interaction with some of the listeners, but um, yeah, Mike, any anything you want to add? No, I think let's hear it. Let's uh, hear it in the comments, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Um, that's it. I think uh, next week we'll have our uh, our amazing uh, other halfback, uh, Lilac and, and Dominic, so we'll be a full cast here, um, at least I hope, um, back to our regular recording. Um, so just uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, the music you should be hearing is by our friend Renato Podesta. Uh, again, you can reach us on Twitter at uh, Roll Number Four Enterprise and on LinkedIn at Roll for Enterprise Podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone.